Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to Feel Better with Tara Styles. I'm Tara Styles, and welcome to the show. Yay! My gosh, I don't think I'll ever get sick of diving in, discussing, practicing, and sharing ways to feel better. I mean, it sounds so corny. It's the show title and everything, like a big promo, but for real, this is the everything for me. <laughs> oh my gosh. Today, I want to dive into the even bigger event, perhaps, before the Big Bang. This is not scientifically true at all, but it is how we work. And the concept, it sounds so distant to call it a concept, but just to have it be a topic of discussion today, softness. So softness is really what makes everything possible in movement, in life, in nature, everywhere. Without softness, we have rigidity, we're stuck, we're tense, things break, things burn out, and we're kind of sent back from the mayor of burnout town to try again. (laughs) Try again, that didn't work. See if you can soften. And it's a big one. Softness is probably the biggest reason in why I love to share yoga in this way. When I started learning more about Tai Chi, it says it plain as day, softness. It says soften so you can be movable physically and emotionally. But we don't really see that on billboards. You know, we see no pain, no gain. We see push, force, and struggle. You know, we see study really hard, work hard, get a good job, save your money, retire, then maybe have a little bit of fun and then die. (laughs) You know, there's not much else in that. And the kind of way that we treat ourselves and the way that we treat each other is, oh yeah, I'm working really hard. That's a good thing. And the other culture is, oh, just not going to work at all. (laughs) And that's a good thing. But both are kind of not so great as well, right? So what Tai Chi shows us, so plain as day, and when I really kind of started discovering this, not just in the practice of Tai Chi, but the books and the lessons and the passed down teachings is, wow, it's right there. Softness 
is ground zero for everything. We feel like we're doing a good job when we're rigid. You know, oh, I'm doing a good job. Look at me. Touch my arm. I'm so, I'm so stiff and tense. I'm really holding myself here. Or I'm so busy, busy, busy. I kind of can't get through the day. I'm just doing so many things with rigidity. Oh yeah, good job. Don't worry. You know, there's a light at the end of the tunnel, that kind of a thing. So when I really started leaning into softness, so many things started to happen for me personally, for the people that I'm leading yoga with, of course, and really this co-created experiment in my own life of simply softening. So what started to happen was as I got busier and busier, instead of getting more tense and more tense, I felt better. It doesn't mean that the things that I was doing were as similar as taking a vacation, (laughs) but still working, but working with ease, softness as a base. And I started teaching this in class, not, you know, come up everybody, let me give you guys a lecture about softening, but it started to really seep into the language that I was using. I started to slow down a little bit in the movements that I was leading in the composition of the movements that I was leading. I started finding more meaning in the pauses. I started finding more meaning in the non-pauses. I started having a kind of similar relationship to rhythm that I experienced learning music and dance as a kid. But it was not just an experience of learning something. It became a whole body, whole self, whole spirit, whole mind, whole everything experience, not just within me, but in how I felt connected and feel connected with the world. I don't know this sounds like, woo, space cadet, what's going on? But really, you think about the most accomplished athletes in the world and they're moving with softness because they have to. They're doing the hardest thing. They're doing the thing better than anybody else in the entire world. Usain Bolt is jetting across the finish line and has enough energy left to turn and smile at the cameras (laughs) because he's been practicing softness. Now, is he practicing Tai Chi and yoga? I don't know, probably not. He's practicing running in the most efficient, most effective, dropping everything he doesn't need way. And when I started kind of talking more about this in yoga workshops and our trainings, the resistance was, okay, I can be soft when the movement is easy, but when the movement is a challenge, I need to, oh, you know, I just need to just mm, it a little bit. <laughs> and I'm thinking, no, <laughs> it's, that's not really it. But I completely understand the urge, the habit to clench everything and to try to just force something to happen. We all understand that because that's how things are rewarded in our life. That force, that just, oh, get ahead, that, oh, push everybody else out of the way. When really, you know, as Ben Harper reminds us, I believe in a better way. Another question that comes up with softness is, well, is the opposite of softness strong? And is softness really slouching or resting? 
And again, a great question. I love it, love it, love it, because the opposite of softness is not strong. Softness is required for strength to happen, for strength to become possible. The opposite of softness is rigid, brittle, cracked, breaking, burned out, haggard. (laughs) Those are the opposites of softness. We don't want any of those things, right? We want strength. We want connection. We want soul connection with ourselves, with others. We want mobility. We want mindfulness. We want to be in ourselves in the most beautiful way that we can. And this is softness, harmony with ourself and with those around us, with the world around us. And softness isn't a destination. It's a practice. It's an action. So to soften, you bend your elbows a little bit. You bend yourself. You bend everything that can bend. And then besides the mechanical practice of your physical body, there's an emotional softness. (sighs) And when you soften, your breath literally moves you like a piggyback ride. Inhales, picking you up. Expanding, exhales, releasing, making you a bit more movable here. And it's so cool that softness is becoming more popular. I love this. <laughs> I remember when Mike and I started Strala and having this code name for teachers calling ourselves guides. I love this idea. Mike would say, well, you know, a guide is someone who goes up the mountain with you so you don't die. I'm like, well, that's how I feel like when I teach yoga, I'm leading yoga. Okay, I can be a guide. I don't want to be a 21-year-old yoga teacher that knows more, pretending to know more than the doctors and the lawyers and the teachers and whoever else is coming to class. But I love this word guide. And then, you know, years later, it's popping up everywhere. Lots of people are calling themselves yoga guides and leading classes and all of these things. And that's super cool. It changes the attitude around it. It changes the who's in charge. It levels the playing field. If the practice is equivalent as well. Otherwise, it's just a word and words are meaningless without beautiful action behind it. Not just intention, but action as well. So I see this word softness kind of popping up on the Instagram and everything and soften. Today I will soften. Yeah, soften and soften tomorrow (laughs) and soften the next day. And soften when you're tying your shoes and all of these things. And it is the action, perhaps, that's created everything. So this is why I love this pseudoscience, you know, asking Deepak and Rudy and any scientists that I come across, do you think it's possible that before the Big Bang, there was even bigger of a softening? And they would say, huh, interesting, because scientists never really dismiss you if you have a question. (laughs) But they usually say, probably not, Tara. But I'm thinking, you know, that's how we work. Isn't that interesting? So we soften before anything becomes possible. And maybe it's not kind of out there in our bigger universe in a way, but it definitely is in us in a real way. So maybe it is out there. Who knows? (laughs) You heard it here first, folks. Softness. The creator of all things. 
But then what was before softness? Who knows? <laughs> so anyway, hopefully that's exciting because it's such a, unfortunately, new idea. It's just we've grown up with the opposite on all of our billboards. Work, train hard, whatever it is. Beat yourself up and get rewarded later, all of these things. So we need to unlearn because they weren't right. You know, we can admit that our parents, our teachers, our culture, our society wasn't right about pretty much everything. (laughs) So let's work on this one too. Softness. And I got lucky learning about it. Started doing yoga in this easygoing way. And I really love this idea that you can move frame by frame through the different movements. So if somebody's having a hard time in a downward dog, it's not about bringing the chair over to make a downward dog easier. You know, that's kind of silly to me anyway. But it's about, okay, let's use you and see what you can do in order to make the movement more possible, not just the position, but how did you get into it? How are you moving on to the next thing? Frame by frame by frame by frame. And how is it making you feel? So working on alignment every single moment of the way. Instead of trying to get to one place as a goal and then fidget and kind of abuse yourself to make it some version of better, some contrived imaginary idea of better. You know, it's not right. (laughs) It's not right and we know it. So softness, uh, what's soft is movable. What's movable can feel. What can feel is alive. And you're alive. So we soften. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. All right, I want to do a little rapid fire voicemail today. Got a few coming in, so I'm really grateful that I don't need to ask my mom or my cousins to leave a voicemail. Not yet anyway, so please keep them coming. So I haven't heard these yet. I'm just going to play them and uh, see what we have. T-Styles, it's Derek Meyer. I am so stoked that you are doing a podcast and that your first podcast is about synchronicity because I remember, I'll never forget, before I first got to meet you and practice yoga with you, there were so many synchronicities and things happening that were guiding me and all these green lights going off. Like, yeah, you got to go. Meet Tara, do this, do her kind of yoga, check it out. 
in this episode on synchronicity, I just love when you said that Deepak, he knew all these yoga teachers, but he wanted someone to just do the yoga, just take me through the yoga. That is where the real magic is. It's like all the thinking. When I do all the thinking of the philosophy and all this stuff, it shuts my brain down. It locks me up. It ties me in knots. And then the body doesn't open to receiving. And that's like the greatest gift that Strava presents. It's that opening and being present and just doing the yoga, like just taking me through the yoga. That's awesome. Anyway, love the podcast. I'll keep listening and love to everyone else out there. Bye. Uh, Derek, I know Derek. Through yoga, of course. That's awesome. And so cool. I'm, I'm sure that resonates with so many people, so many smart people. Derek is a bit of a genius. I would say a full-fledged genius about living his life. He's a very good life liver. <laughs> and also a very smart person, very knowledgeable, easy to learn, all of these things. And I think that can be a big challenge when it comes to turning that off for the moment to feel. Actually, that just reminded me of um, my friend Rudy Tanzi, who I met through Deepak, synchronicity, all these things. So this is another synchronicity moment. I was at Deepak's first Sages and Scientists conference. He's done loads over the years, but he invited me to this one. And it was small. It was just a bunch of, he called it his friends from TED Med giving talks and then me doing yoga in the morning with all these scientists, which was so fun for me. I'm like, oh, wow, all these people know about the universe and I can connect them in their bodies and see what happens with this soulful connection. And it was cool because a lot of these people came to the class at 6 a.m. and they said, holy cow, this is the universe inside me and all of these things. And I'm thinking, yes. And I never get to have a conversation with a rocket scientist usually. <laughs> so pretty cool. And I remember really wanting to meet Rudy Tanzi. He's this fascinating scientist and person that's basically solving Alzheimer's as a problem. And he's very confident that he will solve it and cure it. I just, I, I just kind of feel like that's going to happen soon. If it hasn't already happened, I know he's part of a lot of the, the major breakthroughs and all of these things. If you just Google his name, Dr. Rudy Tanzi, he's one of the top ones in the whole world. I had this feeling that I just wanted to meet him to talk about these things. <laughs> and Carolyn, who was managing everything pretty much for, for Deepak's event. Really awesome human. Gave me a little slip of paper at the end of the event. And she said, this is the person that you're going to share a car with to go to the airport. Everybody's kind of paired up. I'm like, oh, that's nice to, you know, have a car come pick us up because I didn't really know how to catch a cab. We were in kind of a remote location. <laughs> so I was kind of worried about that. So she took care of that problem for me. And I look on my little slip of paper and it says, Rudy Tanzi, <laughs> of course, out of lots of presenters at this event. So I get in this car with Rudy and he just says, you know, I've been trying to meet you. And I said, I've been trying to meet you too. I have questions. He said, I have questions too. And he said, Tara, it's so cool that you can do your thing and connect with everything. And I don't know, he said it in some other way, but he totally got what I was doing in a way that Derek did too. Turning off the noise of the, the brain that's figuring things out or organizing historic notes 
and just doing the thing and experiencing and knowing that you can come back to your brain at a later time, <laughs> out of service for now. So I said, yeah, I can do that. That's, I guess, a little trick I know how to do, but it's just always been there, part of me. And then I wanted to ask him a question because when I was little and still now, whenever I feel like there's not a lot of distractions around and I'm doing a meditation or yoga practice, not even in the middle of it, but sort of in the space around that time, I uh, this is going to sound kind of strange. I see vibrant, non-abrasive colors, you know, where brown is beautiful and rich and vibrant and the greens and the blues and things kind of look like DNA swirling and seen kind of like a, a web with iridescentness, kind of like a spider web, but sticky kind of connecting one thing to the next in a room, like objects together through this web. And I just had some questions, you know, first of all, am I going to have a stroke? Should I be on medication? What is this? And if not, you know, tell me the cool thing that it is, you know, something going on. So I asked Rudy and he said, oh, that's synesthesia. And he says, I don't think you have, you know, like synesthesia, but you might, but it's not a problem. It's not, you know, a medical worry or, or something like that. But it's uh, something where you, you see colors that are there, but just not available for everybody to see. Everybody sees things differently. So I thought, okay, that's cool. I'm not, I'm not going to die. <laughs> but Rudy and I became really good friends and he wrote a foreword for Guiding Strala. He really got the concept right away and how it's great for healing, great for pain, great for progress. He got the concept of softness because he understands it because of science. So we became great friends. So another synchronicity. All right, rapid fire. Let's play a couple more. See what happens. This is risky. Hey, Tara, it's Kadara. I just wanted to say that I do feel better ever since I've come into your presence in your space this year. Uh, I met you through Jessica's Zweig when Jessica was doing her book tour. And I signed up for Strala Home right away. The reason why I did so is because for the first time in a very long time after leaving the military, I felt like I could do something that I felt was impossible. I'm a big guy shaped like a gorilla. And I thought, ah, I've tried yoga. There's so many things I can't do. So I thought I can't do yoga. I'll never be able to achieve that, which is yoga. And as I started to continue with the online and live courses you were doing, I started to realize that it's not like about doing the asana. For me, what I realized, it's about allowing myself to just move and to just be present with myself while doing whatever felt comfortable for me because you offer so many different options. You know, and it wasn't just yoga. You know, your partner as well with Tai Chi and Qigong and things like that. And it's simplified. Like it, it isn't just this super serious act of like having to keep this face and to be a yogi. It's just being myself. Like I don't even have to call myself a yogi. I'm just Kadara doing movements, enjoying life, embracing things and, and feeling better every single day because you offer courses every day. So thank you for allowing me to feel better every day. Oh, Kadara. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> I I know him also from online as well. And uh, we've just had a few interactions. I didn't know he felt so deeply about that. And I love being able to chat with people 
about the experience that we're doing together because people are able to (laughs) specifically say it better than I can. Because for me, I love talking about this. There's so much feeling involved about it. And we're all so different. We can communicate it so differently and so clearly. So thank you, Gadara. Oh, amazing. See, it really works. Practice what you're doing in a way that feels like you and you're good. Hi, Tara Styles. This is Babajide Fashei. And this is what my journey has taught me about synchronicity. Whenever synchronicity happens, it means that the underlying perfection that lies behind and beyond the apparent imperfection of life is being shown to you. A synchronicity is shown to you to display to you that you are in harmony with nature in that moment. A synchronicity is an answer to your question to the universe or an answer to a question that lies within you, which the universe is pointing you to for the purpose of growth and expansion. The frequency and strength and power of the synchronicities that happen in your life indicate to you how much of your own personal heaven on earth you are currently experiencing. It is to the degree and depth to which the individual is connected to the universal source that they experience frequent and miraculous synchronicities in their life. I hope that's clear enough. Thank you, Tara. Oh my gosh. Wow. Okay, first of all, three guys in a row. Yay! That's pretty cool. (laughs) Who says yoga is just for girls? Nobody, nobody says that. So let's not say that ever again, okay? Oh my goodness. I really do feel that when you do something in a way that feels like you, you open yourself up to so many different kinds of people that have a similar connection. And we can help each other with this. So that was a very good and thorough definition of synchronicity. I love that what the universe is revealing behind and in front of you that seems just very cool in this matrix kind of way. And yeah, we all feel that. (sighs) This podcast really feels like a synchronicity for me. Just coming up here to this room, getting to chat these ideas out with you, knowing that people are listening, people are calling in and saying stuff. And it's just such a beautiful opportunity outside of our yoga stuff to share. And, you know, most of our life, we're not doing yoga. (laughs) And for me, the practice of yoga and sharing this has been so big and so powerful. And so much of my process of doing that has been to, I wouldn't quite say push away talking about it because we have plenty of time to talk about it in trainings and workshops before and after class. But so much of these conversations that we're having right now together, I haven't had. So I've had them with Mike, I've had them with friends through yoga here and there, but in this kind of direct format of let's just get to it. My gosh, it feels really, really synchronicitous (laughs) and cool. And I'm so grateful. All right, let's maybe have one more. We'll do a little rapid fire. See what we have here. Okay. Hey, Sarah, how's it going? Hope you are well. 
what has you inspired, excited, and hopeful these days? Oh my gosh. Okay. That's from Kendra. (sighs) A girl, a female voice. Ooh, changes the mood. (laughs) Inspired, hopeful. For me, it's this connection, this community connection. Something cool happened here in Illinois (laughs) recently. Barb, if you're out there from Lotus Room Yoga, invited me really last summer to do something together. And I was still kind of worried about the virus and just catching it, spreading it, all of those things. We did a class outside (laughs) and uh, pretty safe to be outside. She's got her members and everybody's pretty safe like that. But I thought, hey, let's kind of see if we can take this outside, not just for safety reasons, but that was a big part of it for me at least. To, to in the beginning, but it turned into so much more of a town square community spectacle where everyone's invited and people would walk by and check it out. It was like 8.30 in the morning, so pretty early <laughs> for a bunch of folks out there doing yoga. But to me, it was the coolest thing, <laughs> a super inspiring moment, a hopeful moment that Wherever you go, you do the same stuff. You know, wherever you go, there you are. And, you know, I've had opportunities to do some really interesting yoga classes around the world, you know, for Estrala, for different projects, W Reebok, you know, I've done yoga on top of a helicopter pad, on top of a seaplane, on a yacht, all of these kind of really cool, fancy things. But I got to tell you, yoga in the town square in Southern Illinois, 8.30 in the morning, windy, cold, you know, something I might've complained about or just straight up not have done (laughs) a few years ago was a very hopeful moment for me. So I thought that was pretty neat. And then the town newspaper wrote wrote it up. So that was pretty cool too. My grandma got to see it. So she's thinking of yoga now. So I just love that I get to share this thing that's not just about me, you know, getting credit for doing something cool in the world. It's about sharing something that I'm a part of that also helps other people. And I feel like for me, that's the definition of hope, sharing something that you love that also helps other people. The thing becomes so much bigger than you. And you become a part of it. You become, I become grateful to be a part of it. I don't feel like I've done it. You know what I mean? Like I haven't accomplished it. I've gotten to be a part of it. And that's pretty cool. So let's leave it there for today. (sighs) Thank you, beautiful callers. (laughs) Feel free to leave me a voicemail, terrastyles.com. And we'll see you soon. Until then, soften. (sighs) Let's do one last easy, brief breath practice here of softness. Let yourself be comfortable here. Just adjust your feet on the ground. Lie down, sit on the couch, whatever you got. Make yourself even. 
Bring yourself in a good location, really. Your whole self. Soften here, a little bend in your joints. And soften your whole self. Take a big inhale. Long exhale. Twice more, big inhale. Long exhale. Once more, big inhale. Long exhale. Self move around here gently from your middle. Open up your eyes. Notice the world around you and you're in it, softening. (sighs) Big hugs. Thanks for listening. Take good care. Drink your water, eat your veggies, do your softness, and uh, see you soon. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. 